0: Hello there. A quick word if you don't mind. We hope you're enjoying this completely free serialized audiobook by Derek Power. In these challenging times, the world needs a strong dose of Irish mythology and fairy magic. If you could, please take a moment to rate the podcast and subscribe. That would just be lovely. Stay safe out there, everybody. And remember, it's easy right now to be a superhero. All you need to do is wear a mask. Filthy Henry, The Fairy Detective, Chapter 10 Shelley had been reading the book of fairy tales that Filthy Henry had made her buy for four straight hours. She had decided that reading it in one sitting would make it less embarrassing, although who she was going to be embarrassed in front of was the real question. Over the years, her list of friends had dwindled down to a handful in total. Even then, they rarely made the first move to get in contact with her. Chances were, nobody was going to suddenly barge into her apartment while she lay curled up on the couch reading about leprechauns and talking cats. She had always worried about becoming a cat lady, one of those old spinsters that you would see spending more time with animals than people, talking to the cats as if they could respond. That was until Kitty Purry had actually spoken back to her. At first, she was sure she had lost her mind, but then the cat had definitely spoke about things that Shelley knew nothing about. The only downside was that, with her lack of other friends to contact, Shelley was never sure if Kitty actually did speak. That it was not all some elaborate hoax her subconscious was playing. After all, it would not be impossible for a cat to start talking about things you had no idea about because having no idea about them meant you would not be able to verify the truth of what was being said. The catch-22 of a singleton. But questions of sanity pushed to the side. Kitty Purry was Shelley's friend, and she felt she owed it to the cat to find her, even if it meant her understanding of the world was flipped upside down like a character in a fantasy novel. So she read the book and took notes along the way to see if she could come up with a spotter's guide to surviving in a world with fairy folk. The problem was how to separate fact from fiction. Filthy Henry, the ignorant private dick, had not told her anything before leaving her on the street earlier that day. He had not even said goodbye. One second he was telling her that Bram Stoker had just walked by, the next he was gone. Whatever else he was, Filthy Henry had clearly been dragged up by his parents and learned no manners along the way. Without guidance, Shelley figured taking everything with a pinch of salt was the best course of action. Some of the information was easily ignored, like the one about leprechauns and rainbows that had to be pure fantasy, embellishment on the part of the author. Others were a lot harder to disregard, like the one about babies being swapped with a changeling. It sounded so far-fetched that it quite possibly had come back from the other side of falsehood and was actually true. As she read the book, it became obvious why fairies kept their world invisible to humans assuming a tenth of what she read was factually accurate. If a human ever captured one of the really magical fairies, they could force them into doing whatever they wanted. Use magic to gain an unfair advantage over the world. Then again, with all the magic that fairies had in the stories, it was a wonder they had not just taken over the world already. Nothing could stop them. Little groups of tiny, super-powered people firing fireballs around the place and wreaking havoc. Who would want to stand in the way of that? Shelley turned the page, opening up the section on magical fairy animals, and read about the kind of fairy that Kitty Purry was. She read the stories three times, one after the other, and at the end could not fathom why somebody would steal a talking cat. They had no magical powers at all, other than being able to speak, and the internet was full of videos of talking animals. In this day and age, it was not impossible to make it seem like an animal was speaking. Hell. Some of them even managed to bark and meow sounds that could be human words. Plus, you couldn't make a caught sea do anything it did not want. They were like normal cats in that regard. So all you wound up with was an animal that would refuse to talk. Hardly a money-making scam. Shelley closed the storybook and rubbed at her eyes, wiping away some tears that had formed. Kitty Purry had been catnapped, or worse. Shelley knew deep down, The cat had been missing for three days now, and Shelley's only hope of finding her was a bad-mannered detective who could guide her. A thought occurred to Shelley, one she was surprised had taken her so long to think up. Filthy Henry had given her fairy vision, or enhanced an ability that she never knew she had, apparently. He was no longer needed to guide her around the city. With her new power, Shelley could go out and find another fairy that might be a bit more helpful. Maybe even find Kitty Purry herself. Wiping her eyes, Shelley grabbed a notepad and pen, pulled on her coat and left the apartment. Alcohol has many uses. In times past it had been used in a medicinal fashion, helping to wash out gunshot wounds so as to prevent infection and as extremely cheap pain relief while said gunshot was being operated on. As the times changed, so did the uses. Alcohol was drunk in large quantities to help erase painful memories or get the courage to talk smoothly to a member of the opposite sex. Some folk like to use alcoholic drinks, such as beer, as a method to improve how they thought, a sort of mental lubrication, something to get the gears in the brain turning fast so that a solution to a particular problem presented itself in a timely manner. A beverage with many forms that had survived the ages and attempts to suppress it. Filthy Henry hated it, or to be more precise, He hated human alcohol. Due to his magical nature, normal alcoholic drinks had no effect on him whatsoever. In his youth, Filthy Henry had partaken in the honourable tradition of getting some age-appropriate stranger to purchase the cheapest cider possible for himself and his friends. The purchased paint-thinner was then drank in a field somewhere, out of sight of prying parental eyes. Everyone else got sculled out of their minds. The fairy detective never even felt light-headed. He experimented throughout the years, drinking more and more potent combinations. Each one resulted in what seemed like a level above being sober. Super sobriety, almost. Filthy Henry soon became the only person that could be a designated driver and still drink the stag under the table at the end of the night. Then came the day Filthy Henry learned about fairy alcohol, brewed by the magical folk for consumption by themselves. Drinks that had never before passed the lips of a mortal. When he had finally gotten a handle on his powers and what he could actually do, the fairy detective had walked into a fairy tavern on Pierce Street and ordered his first proper drink. The funny thing was that even the strongest fairy beverage did not have him end up on his ear, lying in a pool of his own saliva while he tried to say the alphabet in a spiral fashion. But it did enough to make drinking seem like a worthy pastime. It just took a lot more for him to get into a merry drunken state. The tavern in question was a well-known fairy tavern, Bunty Dooley's Bar, and had become filthy Henry's local watering hole over the years. Here, all the races of fairy could mix and mingle, drinking until the small hours of the morning, without ever being made to feel unwelcome. Most of the fairy folk got along with the other races, but there were always one or two groups that just had a deep hatred for one another. A grudge that had happened centuries ago still being carried on, even though nobody alive remembered the original insult that had sparked the whole thing off. But in Bunty Dooley's bar, none of that mattered. The hatchet was left well and truly at the door. If it was not, then whoever started the violence wound up with that said hatchet embedded deeply in their anatomy. This was neutral ground, where people came to gather and partake in that aged old tradition of brain cell killing, safe in the knowledge that the only violence which might occur would be as the result of knocking over somebody's drink. Filthy Henry loved it. It was the only place in the world where he did not feel like such an outsider. He had taken up his regular spot at the end of the bar, farthest from the main door, but nicely situated beside the emergency fire escape. Nobody was sitting near him, which meant Filthy Henry could leave his notepad out on the bar counter and work on the case while drinking a chilled glass of fairy ale. "'I hear you've gone and given some of the sight,' "'a female voice said to the fairy detective. "'Looking up from his scribbles, "'Filthy Henry saw the proprietor of the pub, "'Bunty Dooley, standing in front of him "'as she wiped down the countertop with a cloth. "'A cloth which was moving of its own accord, "'guided by her magic. "'Bunty Dooley was best described as a sea, "'a sort of elf creature with incredible magical abilities. "'The story went that she was originally from Northern Ireland.' but nobody knew when she had actually moved to Dublin. Her race was one that aged so slowly it was impossible to tell how old they really were. In simple human terms, they were the sort of person that was constantly asked for identification when in an off-licence, even if they spent an hour looking for a nice bottle of wine. She was like all-female sea, physically beautiful in every way and able to have her pick of males. Her eyes were completely blue, no iris to be seen with long, light-coloured hair that matched her soft white skin. Most patrons of the bar had tried their luck to woo her at some stage, each getting shot down in the most pleasant of ways imaginable, except for one brave soul who had pushed his chances a little too far and gotten a knee to the groin as a reward for his efforts. Filthy Henry could not help but smile at the sight of her. "'Sorry?' he said, momentarily getting lost for the thousandth time in her face. I said that I heard you let some mortals see the fairy world, Bunty said, leaning against the bar counter. What is it with you? Do you just want to go looking for trouble? Ah, Filthy Henry said with a shrug. It generally has a good idea of where I am. I think there's a smartphone app or something. Bunty Dooley smiled at him, shaking her head slightly. Smart arse. So what's going on then? The fairy detective explained the three cases that he had on the go, about the bodies drained of blood. Shelley's missing pet and a crock that had been stolen. He left out the minor detail that the crock was in fact Labour since that information did not need to enter the public domain just yet. Finding out that the basis of your financial institution had just been robbed was something nobody needed to hear. It would be like bailout being forced on a small country because they let their banks fail miserably. Filthy Henry finished and took a big mouthful of his beer, savouring the taste. What better way to look at the bigger picture and try and come up with a solution? Besides, I came here and I thought you might have heard about someone messing with Rainbow Alarms recently, trying to crack them. Bunty gestured with her hand, and the dust cloth glided along the countertop towards her. She reached out and grabbed it, absentmindedly dusting the counter between herself and the fairy detective. No, sure it's impossible. Nobody can get around a leprechaun rainbow. It's been tried too many times mostly by other leprechauns. That just shows how foolproof they are. Be that as it may, Filthy Henry said. Somebody's managed it. I just can't figure out the how of it yet. Then there's the drained bodies thing as well. that above, Henry, Bunty said. You're looking for a rogue stoker? How's that not jumping right out at you like being slapped in the face with a fish? Filthy Henry frowned. Northern fairies had some strange sayings. Ones that had somehow made it into the human phrasebook as well but they never made sense in Dublin. What does that even mean? I know I'm looking for a stoker. Besides, I think I found him already. He reached into his coat pocket and pulled out the little bag of ash he had taken from the crime scene. As doggy bags went, it ranked fairly low down on the list. But a clue was a clue, and a true detective never turned his nose up at one. Carefully, Filthy Henry placed the bag on the counter between himself and Bunty. Folding his arms, He nodded at the bag of ash. What do you want me to do with that? Bunty Dooley said, looking at the bag. And I thought you just wanted to chat. I did, Filthy Henry said, nudging the bag towards her with his hand. But you know I haven't got enough magic in me to do the spell correctly. Besides, you're the only one I would trust with something like this. She snatched the bag off the counter and stuffed it into her pocket before turning around and storming down the bar. I'll be in touch, Bunty said to him as she walked away. Now get the hell out before I bar you for life, you half-breed. Insults were like wasp stings, Filthy Henry found. Small ones were annoying, depending on where they came from. But if a friend insulted you and meant it, it was like the entire nest had decided to play pin the tail on the human. Insults from friends hurt so much more. Filthy Henry gathered up his belongings, down the remains of his drink and left. Shelley walked down Parnell Street bathed in the light of a hundred street lamps, amazed at what she was seeing. Everywhere she looked there were fairy folk doing fairy folk things, while normal people walked right by them, oblivious to it entirely. It was fascinating to watch. Nobody ever accidentally interacted with anybody else. While there was a lot less fairies on the street, the ones that were there walked about without being careful. People, normal people, if that wasn't too racist a phrase to use, would suddenly go around them, or stop and look at the time, all the while avoiding a collision. What was more interesting was that since gaining her fairy vision, the magical people seemed to notice her now. Whereas they walked by humans without giving them a second glance, most of the fairy folk would nod politely at Shelley as they crossed paths. Two worlds inhabiting the same place, it was simply amazing. As she came near the bookstore, Shelley spotted a familiar fairy face. Abraham St. Ogre had just stepped out, a big bag of books in his hand. She smiled at the sight of him. He had seemed pleasant enough when they had met earlier, and Shelley hoped that maybe the vampire would be willing to help her find Kitty. "'Sorry, Mr. St. Ogre,' Shelley shouted, running up to him and waving her hand in the air to get his attention. "'We meet again, Miss Godfrey,' he said, turning around to look at her. "'Um, yeah. That still isn't my surname.' Apologies, Abe said. I tend to trust the words from Filthy Henry a little too much. How are you? Um, I was wondering if I could ask you a favour, Shelley replied. In the bookstore window hung a digital display. It was the best-sellers list for the month, compiled using information gathered from across the country, from practically every bookstore in Ireland. Most bookstores did something like this, to try and draw business in from the street, Readers usually knew what they wanted to read, and generally ignored such lists, but there was always somebody going on a sun holiday who wanted something to read beside the pool and would buy whatever was on the list. It caught Shelley's attention for a split second before she looked back at Mr St. Ogre. He was also looking at the list, although it seemed as if he was studying it very intently. "'Well, I would be happy to help you, young lady,' Abe said. He frowned as he looked at the top ten titles. But sadly it would seem that I have more work to do. Perhaps when I'm finished we can continue our conversation and I can lend you some assistance. Good evening. With that the vampire author continued on his way, walking quickly down the nighttime street. Shelley watched him go, feeling a little disheartened. He was the only other person she knew in this new world, so it appeared her only options for finding Kitty Purry were to go it alone or continue searching with the fairy detective. Turning to go, she caught sight of the book list again and read the title of the tenth book. It seemed that Dracula by Bram Stoker had made it back onto the list. Yet St. Ogre had not seemed happy about this. Shelley found that a little odd, but thought no more about it and headed home. filthy henry the fairy detective is a novel by derek power other filthy henry novels are currently available to buy on amazon kindle this audiobook version was narrated by niall milton